Welcome to the Between the Lane Lines podcast, sponsored by the National Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. Here are your hosts, Jason Polano, Kyle Betelov, and Kevin Pierce. You can find the show notes from today's podcast by going to bit.ly slash Kevin Murphy Wow all lowercase. That's bit.ly slash K-E-V-I-N-M-U-R-P-H-Y-W-O-W. You can also find all of our other NISCA Workout of the Week podcast practices by going to bit.ly slash NISCA Wow. That's bit.ly slash N-I-S-C-A-W-O-W, all lowercase. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the NISCA Between the Lane Lines podcast. I'm your host for the Workout of the Week segments, Jason Polano. Today, our guest is a legend in the state of Texas, Kevin Murphy, head coach of the South Lake Carroll High School swim team. South Lake Carroll has won nine boys and four girls state championships under Coach Murphy's tenure. Coach Murphy is a Texas certified teacher who has 43 years of experience teaching and coaching swimming. You won't find a better opportunity to have a leader for your program than Coach Murphy. Coach Murphy has been professionally coaching since 1979. He has a BS in physical education from the University of Tulsa and is a member of the American Swim Coach Association, National Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association, Texas Girls Coaches Association, and the Texas Interscholastic Swim Coach Association. He is CPR certified and USA Swimming certified with first aid and safety training for swim coaches. Coach Murphy is assisted by Paul Wallace and Rachel Osdenmore, and both are Texas certified teachers with a wealth of swimming coaching experience at all levels. Coach Murphy today is going to take a look into one of his practices leading up into a, uh, a mid-season rest meet. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and let Coach Murphy take it away. First question, Coach Murphy, where are you in your season plan when you wrote this practice? Okay, we were coming up to the TISCA and non-TISCA meet. Uh, those are meets where at non-TISCA, all of our kids that don't have TISCA qualifying times, including all of our JV swimmers, uh, we, we get them ready for that meet. We do a little bit of rest. Uh, we believe in a two and a half day rest coming into a big meet. Um, years ago, years ago, I tried to taper some kids or rest them for a week and it was an utter disaster. Um, I think, I think some of them wanted to, wanted to quit swimming. So you either go two and a half days or, or two and a half weeks, two and a half weeks for a good taper and two and a half days for a good rest and get up and suit up and get ready to swim. So we were 10 days out for the TISCA meet and four days out for the non-TISCA meet. We follow pretty similar patterns. Uh, I've been doing the same, the same taper or rest plans for about 15 years. Um, we've seemed to be ready to swim fast when it counted the most. So I really haven't changed very much in a long time. Uh, we might tweak things here and there we do a little more dolphin kicking underwater than we used to do. 
Um, we use fins. We've always, I've used fins since probably 1988 or 1989. I probably missed my million dollar idea because when Zoomers came out, I liked the idea that they had short fins, uh, but I couldn't afford to buy Zoomers for our team. They were too expensive. So I cut all the fins off. And now today, everybody makes short fins. So anyway. Coach Murphy, when I, uh, when I first started coaching, you and I sat down and you were, you were very gracious and gave me about two hours of your time one day. And uh, the question that you proposed to me was, if I had to start a program in the middle of the desert, what would be the one piece of equipment that I would buy for my team? And I didn't really have an answer at the point. And you had it locked and loaded with short fins. Short fins would be what you would buy for any program. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, we warm up with some, some, uh, some fifties with some dolphin kicks underwater. Uh, we try to do three, four five dolphin kicks underwater. Uh, then we put on some fins and we try to link the, the arms with the legs. Uh, increasing the percentage as the distance goes down. We do some of that. Uh, I like speed change. I think it helps them get a good feel for the water, especially the easy, hard stuff. Um, then we go uh, some broken swims. Uh, I am not, I'm not a great physiologist. Um, I don't know energy systems very well, but I do know that you have to prepare for the start of the race, the middle of the race, and the end of the race. So we like to do some negative split stuff. Um, we, we like to build some rhythm and some cruising. And then uh, the last part where you get to main set number two, uh, I like to do these main set one, we cruise out and then we get a little rest and then we go super fast for a 25. And then main set two, it's all freestyle. And uh, they need to remember that even when they're resting, even when it's taper time, Swimming is a very painful activity. And so we try to make sure that we keep doing some stuff that, that pushes them aerobically and make sure that they, they press themselves down hard so that they know what it's gonna feel like mentally and physically at the end of the race. Um, we have been using power towers for a lot of years. I, I, don't, I personally don't think the kids do them quite as well as I would like to see them done. And because we have so many kids uh, they do them, but I don't think that we get out of them what I wish we got out of them. We do have some things called aqua booms now that where they can do pull-ups where part of their body weight is in the water. So even the girls can do 10 or 12 pull-ups where if they were in, you know, on a regular pull-up bar, not very many of them could make it past two or three or four. So we like the aqua boom. Uh, I think we've got four of them. They were pretty expensive and we had to Take them, take the bases to a metal shop to get them fixed up so that they would stay stable. But we like the aqua boom. We do some press outs. Uh, we do push ups, sit ups, etc. You see those up at the top, and uh, get ready to swim. Now, some of our distance swimmers do some extra work right before the practice. You see that down at the bottom. Um, close interval. Uh, we use. In order to get the kids to swim at certain speeds, we use best plus a lot. Uh, we might be doing some negative split uh, hundreds where they get to rest at the 50 and we might go 50s push off best plus two to three seconds. Uh, we use that best plus, whether it's hundreds, 75s, well, really 50s and hundreds. We use the, that best plus in order to, uh, what is the word, uh, 
hold them all accountable for how hard they're supposed to swim. Uh, if you go 46 and 100 free and you're supposed to do 100 at best plus five, then 51 is what is what is expected. And if you go a minute and 100 free, then 105 is what is expected. And and I'm very fortunate to, to be able to memorize times. So it's very hard for them to hide if I'm watching what they're doing. Okay. Coach Murray, that's always kind of stuck out to me was, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, biological or if it's something that you've learned over time, but I feel like you could whip out the splits, the act, like the to the hundredth splits for almost every kid no, that you've coached. I can't, I can't no. do them to the hundredth. A lot of times <laughs> I can do it to the 10th. I've got a son that's 23. When he was swimming, he knew everything to the hundredth. It's just nuts, but I, I'm not quite that good. But we have, we're fortunate we have 150 swimmers, about 80 of them are varsity swimmers. And I can tell you every single one of their 50 and 100 times, Coach Wallace says, well, how do you do that? I go, I don't know. <laughs> it's just some talent God gave me. You know, I can just remember times. Well, you found your calling. Hey, can I, uh, I want to ask you a couple questions about up here on the top of your practice, it looks like maybe some dry land activation exercises. Uh, yeah. What does that usually look like for your pool deck? So kids come onto the pool deck. It, it's, uh, they, they, uh, they're supposed to arrive 15 minutes before we get in the water. Um, the captains are supposed to run the dry land uh, because we're broken into two platoons. We have a set of kids that swim earlier in the morning and a set of kids that come right after them. So they're pretty much on their own to do those exercises. Uh, the girl captains do a little better job than the boy captains. Um, uh, and I, I, I really, I don't try to crack the whip on dry land much anymore. We used to do it all as a group, uh, but, but I found that, that in our, at our place anyway, uh, we have a weight program that they can do on their own. Uh, numbers of them go to the trainer, you know, they get private, private, uh, uh, dry land exercising stuff. So really all that's there to do if they will do it. All that's there to do is just get them a little sweaty before we get in the water. Okay. Just get heart rates just a little elevated. Yeah. Uh, so looking down the warm up, we've got 16 fifties on 50 with five dolphin kicks. Um, how, how do you hold those kids accountable? What are the expectations you have? Say you've got a kid that's going, you know, two dolphin kicks, three dolphin kicks off the wall. How do you, how do you interact with that swimmer? I, I, I'm telling you, I don't fight as hard as I used to. Um, every once in a while, I'll, I'll ask a kid out of the water and say, uh, um, you know, we really need to get you to extend underwater. I'm, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm as hard, as hard nosed a coach as I was 15 years ago. Um, I, I, I put a little more responsibility on the kids than I used to. Um, just make sure they swim hard when they're supposed to swim hard. So as far as the dolphin kicks, we'll tell them five dolphin kicks. Some of them will do it. Some of them won't. And I, I don't lose a lot of sleep. Okay. So moving into that next part of the set, you've got kind of a distance per stroke focus with some fins, but this is where you were talking about that percentage effort. So uh, it's three rounds, looks like uh, 200 on three minutes at 75% leg drive. Um, and then it's 150 on 215 at 80%. 100 on 130 at 85%, and then that 50 on 115 at 90%. Uh, can, you, can you talk a little bit about 
that leg drive percentage? Like, what are you, what are you looking to build with that? Well, if you, focus? if you go back, if you go back in swimming 40 years, there were not very many six beat kickers. So now everyone is a six beat kicker. So kicking is a very integral part of a lot of the things we do. Some of them do it real well. Uh, some of them don't do it so well. We encourage them to kick and, but we do, when kids come in, we do teach them to make sure that they're not crossing their feet. We want to make sure that their feet are side by side. And really we don't, if we do a set like that, we're, we're not running around jumping on people for their percentages, but when they get to the, to the 50, they better be moving or, or somebody, one of the three of us is going to be bothering them. Gotcha. And you know, coach Murphy, uh, we, we shared a pool deck this past weekend at a meet that I believe your the kids that were there, I think that your team's got like first, third, and sixth. And my team was, uh, nope, 10th. But uh, your program was so big that you split it up into three different squads. And um, well, it was that actually was the, two, two squads, coach. Two squads. Um, one of the things I noticed was you guys were having more fun than anyone else on the pool deck. And well, I don't think it was because you guys were so dominant in the meet. I think you guys were dominant in the meet because you were having so much fun. And I think sometimes for me, especially, and I was talking to coach Wallace about this. I was texting him the other day. Um, you know, sometimes that's lost on me where I want to hold kids accountable to the point that uh, there's, there's resistance. And it just seemed like your kids were very much empowered to make the decision that they were supposed to make, uh, hold themselves to that level of accountability and not have that coach pressing on them. And it was a great, it was a great dynamic and great environment on the pool deck. Well, one of the things that we do when we get ready for big meets, and when I say a big meet, that's a prelim final meet, or maybe it'd be the district meet. I take the psych sheet and I go down the psych sheet. And based on what I've seen the kids doing in practice, I take whatever is their entry time. And we always enter season entry times. We don't, we don't just throw in uh, best times. We enter season entry times if a kid... Maybe a kid went, uh, maybe a girl went 54 flat last year, but they've only been 55-8 this year. Well, we'll enter 55-8, and then we'll give them a goal that's maybe 55-3. And I write down on this psych sheet, I write down a goal time for every single kid and a goal time for every single relay split. And I take that psych sheet and I print it out for every single kid on the team. We hand it out to them on the bus uh, they, they look it over and everybody knows what their, what the expectation is. And, and if, if God gave me another talent, it's that I can look at a kid and know what's possible and what's impossible. So the goal times that we give them are always within, within reason. If they put out a top effort, we talk about these big meets, we talk about supreme efforts, we talk about if they can afford a uh, fast suit, put on your fast suit. Let's get excited. And relays are a big, big deal in our program. Um, relays are more important than anything. So we, we and, and I, I'm always real pleased that, that they get close to the times or they meet the goal times in the relays and oftentimes in the individual events. It's not perfect, but it gives them something realistic to shoot after. Um, and then we try to talk to them a little bit before they race and talk to them a little bit after they race. And it's all about effort. It's all about trying hard. If you try hard, we're, we're going to be real pleased. And I have to assume, and Coach Wallace and Coach Osdemore agree, 
that we have, we make the assumption that they are going to try to do their best. If they don't swim very well, that means that in most cases, that means that they were sick, lame, lazy, or crazy. And, and then we kind of address that, but uh, we make the assumption they're, they're going to try. Okay. And that's what's expected. And, and that was super obvious on your pool deck or on the pool deck in Mansfield the other weekend when I was watching you guys. Uh, so I want to jump down to the main set. So you actually have two main sets. Uh, the first one was that broken 100 set where kids are going 75 crews at about 80% and then a 25 super fast. I'm assuming trying to do something like uh, some back end speed work. Um, how do you address swimmers after that first main set as you then go into a second main set? So um, I haven't seen a lot of coaches kind of kind of what I've always seen on pool decks is, you know, you've got your, your entree, your appetizer, your dessert. Uh, you seem to have two entrees. How, how do you, how do you finesse your pool deck so that that is like something those kids are ready to eat? Well, especially at taper time, we try to, we try to talk to the kids about the workout. They stand at a whiteboard. They look at the workout on the whiteboard and we talk about what we're trying to do with the workout. In this case, yes, back end speed, finishing the race, being tough. And then the next set, we tell them, hey, swimming is a painful activity. You are going to have to press down, but these are all short, short amounts. You're talking about 1,100 main set, and some of our main sets, uh, maybe, maybe 10 days before, even, even uh, five, six days before, some of our main sets may be up at 2,400 yards, there may be only one main set where, where in this case, and, and I believe in resets. So if you look at that, you're looking at 1100 main set, but you're going four 100s, then you're getting a break about a minute. Then you're going four 75s, you get a break about a minute. You go eight fifties and then you're finished with the set. So if someone's, if someone's stinking in the four 100s or they fall behind or they're not making the interval or something's wrong, then they have a reset before the next set. Um, an example would be if we did a real hard set that we do at least twice every year. Uh, maybe we go four 800s broken. Um, and the first one might be two 400s, the second one four 200s, the third one eight 100s, and the fourth one 1650s. But after each round, there's like two minutes rest, two, two and a half minutes rest after each round. So no one has an excuse of, oh, uh, we were going, we did, we did four 800s and, and they were killing me on the first one. It just got worse. So reset. You know, and I, uh, one of my big kicks last year, especially was I got it big on this idea of gamification and the role that I have in my district. I got to do a lot of stuff with that. And I tried to bring it onto the pool deck and, and video games are non-threatening to kids because they're, if you, if you lose a life, you lose a life, you have another one, you just reset the game. So that, that non-threatening feeling of what happened doesn't matter. What's about to come up is, you know, the well, next life. And, that, and that's super talk, important. You know, if a kid has a bad swim at the, at the swim meet, I, I don't remember where I heard this. It was at some clinic from some, some good or better coach. And that was, if something bad happens, you flush it and you move on to the next thing that nothing behind you matters. Yeah. It's what do you do going forward? It's that, uh, it's that short memory that they talk about with like uh, closing pitchers in the MLB and 
NFL yeah. quarterbacks that can't think about the last throw, got to think about the next one. Uh, hey, so I'm definitely going to take a look at those aqua booms. I think that um, that can be something that my, my girls struggle with some of the strength building stuff in the weight room. And that can be something that kind of tears to them and gives them a little bit more stability. Uh, the, for the, the actual aqua booms were very expensive. Mm-hmm. Didn't work right because the, the, the piece that went down into the ground was some cam set up and it stunk. So we took them to a metal shop and they built us um, an aluminum, an aluminum tube that, that was perfectly matched to the uh, aqua boom and then perfectly matched to the hole in the ground. And they're cool. But, That's but, super cool. Yeah. So we've enjoyed them. The kids seem to like them. I've never actually gotten in the water and tried one, but they look fun. <laughs> I'm just bold to try almost anything anymore. And then you talked a little bit about, about the power towers that you're not getting what you, you want out of them. What are your expectations when kids are on power towers in your program? And, and just to set the frame, uh, South Lake Carroll has a 23 lane pool. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, really 22 once the bulkheads are in. Gotcha. 22 lane pool. So you guys have lots of space, but you still have 150 swimmers. So what is a, what does the power tower look like for you on the pool deck? Okay. So, so maybe our, we, we don't use it with our JV swimmers. You know, we go about 2,500 yards in, in one hour with our JV swimmers. We don't use the, we don't use the, the uh, power towers. Then with our varsity swimmers, we got one group that has about 30, 32 kids and another group with about 48 or 50 kids. When we do the power tower, um, we come to the end of the practice. We, we're, we're fortunate. What do we have now? We probably have um, one, two, three, one, two, three, um, and five, one, two, three, and four, seven. We have 14 power towers uh, harnesses. So we can run 14 kids at a time. Yeah. Um, it's usually towards the end of practice. Um, I would bet out of those 50 kids in our hardest practice, I would bet that uh, 30 of them actually do it and another 20 of them do the aqua boom and then they try to sneak off the deck of the pool. Um, we're, we're there and we encourage them, but we don't fight it too hard. When I say 10 seconds max, we want them to have the amount of water in it that they can move down the pool and cover about 15 yards in 10 seconds going as hard as they can. Um, like I said, uh, I don't think everybody does it the way they should. Uh, and then there's another thing that we use that you don't see here. And that is Coach Wallace from the University of Texas brought uh, uh, plans that they used with the surgical tubing where, where you go down to the, uh, you swim against the surgical tubing and you lock yourself in at the other end of the wall and then you sprint with the, with the tubing. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah. Some real, I, I think we've had some real good results with some of our sprinters, but I'll bet out of the 80 varsity kids, there's probably only 10 or 12 that stick around after practice and ever do that. Gotcha. Do it, they seem to get faster, but we, we don't have the time or the equipment to do it with everybody. Plus some of them just don't want to do it. You know, the tubing, uh, we, we've got 10 bands on our pool deck. So we'll run five lanes and have that six lane open for maybe me or my assistant coach to work one-on-one with a small group. Um, yeah. But when we're doing those bands, we had to actually put a, 
put a stop to them last year because of COVID protocols. If I've got one kid that pops positive for COVID and they're all standing back there by the, yeah, by the blocks, I, I understand. Uh, it was messy, but you know, things have kind of laxed a little bit in the state of Texas and especially in the area that I am kind of rural Texas. And uh, we, we've gotten at following our Tisca meet with you guys or the, the rest meet with you guys. It was, that was something that we came right back to. Um, so my assistant coach has taken the girls the last couple of days, not taking the boys this morning. I was at the weight room with the boys. She was at the pool with the girls. And when we've only got about 20 there on the pool deck, the tubing becomes way it more managed pretty well. Yeah. Well, All right. So I've got to ask you one last question here. Okay. Uh, the distance group doing an extra 1600 yards at the end of the, of the practice. Uh, no, how do you handle? It's actually before the practice. Okay. And we don't have, I would say, we don't have more than three or four kids that do that. Um, I, I could wish that more would do it, but uh, once again, it's, it's, it's a choice that they make. Um, the ones that are, we, we used to run about, probably in varsity swimming, we used to run about 65, 70% of the kids were club swimmers. Probably we're running closer to, to 50% club swimmers now. So we, we've been real fortunate. We're pleased. We have a lot of kids that are swimming well and aren't doing club swimming. So the distance extra, that's, that's for kids that, that might swim the 500. Uh, it's also for some kids that, that aren't doing club swimming and feel like they need a little more yardage. But like I said, maybe, maybe four or five kids do that. Gotcha. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I've got two I know would be all for it. And then I've got about 42 that would be like, no, I'm not doing that. So well, I was wondering how you kind of handle that. Yeah. 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 That's how it is with us. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just sharing a little bit of the secret sauce behind South Lake Carroll. And I say that kind of facetiously, you know, you and I sat down, you know, eight years ago now, and uh, you handed me a stack of papers that was about as big as a couple of the college textbooks I just retired and it was all of your all of your stuff, and you were you're very willing and free with tossing it over to me. Well, I've got, I want to go let ahead. Me say one more thing. Um, I am really blessed to be here. Uh, swim coaches, in fact, all coaches, are only as good as the athletes they get to work with, and we've been real fortunate to have have a nucleus of some pretty good athletes. And then, a we try not to mess them up, and and B, we try to build a team around them because it's a lot more fun to be a part of a team than to be an individual that's just standing alone. So um, the team aspect is a big deal here. The relays are a big deal. And Coach Walls, Coach Osmore, and I are all real fortunate to have some good kids to work with. And they seem that way this past weekend, for sure. Kevin, last question that we ask everybody. Uh, when If you are approached by a novice coach, as I was and still kind of am, but uh, eight years ago, how do you, uh, how do you coach them on writing practices? What, what is your advice to any coach on how to write an effective practice? Okay. So first you get yourself short fins for everybody. That's item one. <laughs> item two, you have to stagger your intervals. That is you don't just coach to the best kids. You coach to the good kids, the middle kids and the lesser kids. You try to make the lesser kids into medium kids. You try to make the medium kids into better kids. Okay. Um, 
And in our program, I, I don't know if you can, hopefully you can see it on the deck of the pool at meets, but the objective is to help every single kid in the pool get faster. What defines faster for each kid is a little different. And not all of them are in our, especially in our program, not all of them are gonna make the district team or move to regionals or go on to state. But I want every single one of them to carry when they leave the pool as seniors in high school, if they stick that long, we want them to leave with some good memories that they actually got better at their swimming. Um, we have we we seem to own all the kids in in North Texas that can go 50 point in 100 free. All the boys that go 50 point in 100 free. Now those don't win the state high school meet, but if I was back in Oklahoma 20 years ago, I would think manna had fallen from heaven. So, so um, everybody matters to watch a kid go from a minute down to 50 and 100 free. That's pretty dang exciting. So um, I, I guess I guess just make sure you're coaching them all and not just the fast ones, because all of us at one point in time <laughs> and, and here at South Lake, there may come a time if I last seven more years, there may come a time five years down the line. I don't have the great swimmers. So I, I have to make sure that we are always trying to, to build kids up so that, so that maybe we don't get embarrassed later on. And, you know, Kevin, uh, you say that South Lake Carroll is, uh, yes, they're blessed with, you know, a, a clientele of really great swimmers, but they're also blessed with great coaches that you talk about that. Like, I think that when all coaches reflect back on their coaching career, it's not the kid that they got as a freshman going you know, 22 in the 50 that, you know, maybe went 21 or 20 point as a senior. That's not the one that we all really remember. It's the, it's the kid that came in going, you know, 29 and they left going to 22. Yes, and, sir. Uh, yeah. Granbury's Granbury's blessed with a lot of those kids too. Four yes, year sir. projects uh, a lot more often than finished products. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks Thank you so much. much for giving your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you to Coach Murphy and thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and we hope to see you guys next time.